0: Our scripture reading this morning is from Mark 14, verses 32 to 65. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther... And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand." But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him But he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes tamed together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death. But they found none. For many bore false witness against him. But their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this, their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witness do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, prophesy and the guards received him with blows the prophet isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of the lord stands forever friends this is the word of our lord thanks be to god have you ever been betrayed or maybe lied about falsely accused of something these can be very difficult moments in our lives. When a friend decides that personal gain is more important to them than your friendship. Or when friends aren't there for you in your time of need. Or when you're ridiculed not for doing the wrong thing, but for doing the right thing. But if you've ever experienced this, I have good news for you this morning. The God who made heaven and earth understands. In fact, he experienced it all so that he could rescue you and me. In our passage this morning, we see crucial events in Jesus' life leading up to the crucifixion. And these show us the lengths that Jesus went to save us, but also remind us that our God is a God who understands. So one key thing we see in this passage this morning is that Jesus submits to the will of the Father even in deep distress. Following the Passover supper, he takes his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. He is greatly distressed, troubled. His soul is very sorrowful even to death. That is strong language. He's mere hours away from the crucifixion the most torturous death known to humanity, even to this day. But he doesn't just face death. He will experience the fullness of the wrath of God upon him for our sin. The one who has been in perfect communion with the Father from all eternity will be cut off from him. He will experience his judgment, not because he deserves it, but because we do. And so he will be completely and utterly alone. No wonder he's in agony anticipating what is to come. And yet all this he will do to ransom us, to restore our broken relationship with God the Father, to take on himself the condemnation for our sins so that we would be forgiven. And so what does Jesus do in his time of distress? He goes to the Father in prayer. He does what he's always done. He does what we must always do. He asks that if it is his Father's will, that he would not have to experience this cup of judgment. No one enjoys dying. Certainly not enduring the fullness of God's judgment. And yet he clarifies his request. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus trusts the Father. He submits himself to the Father's will above all. And when it is clear what that will is, he chooses to endure the cross. There is no other way to save us. He chooses the cross in his great love for us. And he refuses the temptation to do otherwise. He says in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And Hebrews 12, 2, says that Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The cross itself was not a joyful experience, but what it achieved certainly was. Jesus understands what it's like to face suffering and loss and yet trust God anyway. He knows what it's like to be in anguish, to feel dread, to be in sorrow, in a way that we will never have to experience because even if we were to suffer and die like he did, we will never experience that separation from God that he experienced. When life is overwhelming, when you feel like you are drowning in sorrow and anguish, go to the Lord in prayer. Run to him. Be honest about what you are feeling and experiencing. Going to the God who understands your pain, And Jesus will walk you through those times and those moments. We can trust God because in the end, things don't end in pain and suffering, they end in life. Jesus died on the cross, but he rose again from the dead. And all of us who trust in him will do likewise. A second thing that we see in this passage is that Jesus is betrayed by his friend. We're not told exactly why Judas betrayed Jesus. Maybe it was to force Jesus' hand to be the type of Messiah that he wanted him to be. Or perhaps it was just that Judas was greedy from the start. We read in scripture that he used to uh, basically embezzle money from the money bag that he carried for the group. But regardless, Judas was Jesus' friend. And yes, Jesus knew the betrayal was coming, but I don't think that made it any less painful. Jesus had poured his life into Judas for three years. He gave so much of himself. And yet Judas tosses that aside as if it were all worthless. And he betrays him with a kiss, no less. Jesus understands what it's like to be betrayed by those we love. It's like a breath of fresh air to have someone understand what we're going through. It's very helpful to have someone walk beside us in a crisis who has been through a similar crisis, someone who knows the reality of what we're going through. I had a friend once tell me if you broke your arm, I could sympathize with you. But if I had broken my arm too, I could feel your pain. Jesus understands. He's experienced the depths of human pain, of betrayal and abandonment. If you've ever known the betrayal or hurt from someone you love, know that Jesus understands your pain and will walk with you through it to the other side. He knows how to get through it. So we can run to him. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we are tempted to run from God in our hurt, let us instead run toward Him in our time of need. The third thing we see in this passage is that Jesus is unjustly arrested, tried, and rejected. One of my best friends was arrested and charged for a crime that he didn't do. And the amount of anguish and pain this caused him was unbearable. Those of us who have had rumors spread about us know uh, how distressing that can be. Those of us who have been falsely accused at our job or somewhere know how distressing and painful it is. Those who have experienced injustice know. How gut-wrenching it can be. And Jesus understands. See, he's on trial for his life in this passage in a kangaroo court. They've already made up their minds. The Sanhedrin has had their minds made up since Mark chapter 3. People are bringing false testimony about him. They are lying about him. But it's obvious, too, that the testimony is false because all the testimony is conflicting. And what's interesting, it clearly shows these charges are bogus. What's interesting is, according to Old Testament law, if someone was testifying against someone in a murder trial and they were lying, guess who got executed? Not the person that was innocent, the person that lied. But they're, of course, completely ignoring that fact. They're accusing Jesus of blasphemy when they themselves are dishonoring God and are permitting lies and false testimony about him. And when he does choose to speak, instead of hearing the truth of who he is, instead of them believing all the signs he's shown, they accuse him of blasphemy and condemn him as deserving of death. It's not blasphemy when it's true. He tells them that he is the Messiah who will fulfill the prophecy of Daniel 7. He'll be seated at God's right hand, coming with the clouds of heaven, giving a kingdom and dominion that will not pass away. And the truth makes them want to kill him. They beat him. They mock him. They reject the one who came to save. And this truly is the greatest injustice in all of human history. An injustice that had we been there, we too may have participated in. And yet it was this very injustice that God planned and used to save all of us who trust in Christ. Jesus understands what it's like to experience brutal injustice for anyone who's lost a job because their coworkers conspired against them for anyone who's had to pass by classmates who have been spreading vicious rumors about them online for anyone who's ever been mocked beat up screamed at rejected or despised jesus understands he will walk with you through it to the other side and god will vindicate you if not here and now certainly at christ's second coming The truth always comes out. Run to the Lord in every bitter moment because he does understand. He is the God that understands. But there's even more to it than this. Because the ultimate conclusion of everything that we're saying this morning is that Jesus endured this all to save us. It wasn't just that he wanted to perform some sort of divine social experiment and say, hey, you know, I wonder what it's like to be a human. Let me try this out. This was salvation. He identifies with us so that he can restore us to God. He endures all of it, the torture, the betrayal, the abandonment, to save us. So that we would not just stand before God forgiven, but holy, righteous, and blameless. As he takes our sin upon him and gives us his righteousness and goodness. Everything that happened that night was part of the plan of God to save his wayward people. Because we could never rise up to God on our own. Our sin was too great. And so instead, God came down to us. He became human like us. And he brings us to his side by way of his death and resurrection. These are the lengths that God's love will go to rescue an undeserving people like you and me. And if you have not known the depths of that love And grace, let's talk, because there is nothing like it. He calls us all to know him. And so, friends, this morning, embrace the reality that Jesus understands all that we endure in life and that he endured it all to save us. Let us pray. Lord, how could we ever say thank you? You who became like us to save us. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Help us to embrace that every day, to look to you in every joy and sorrow. Draw us nearer to you, Lord. Thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.